All right, everyone. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Hot Widows Club podcast. My name is Crystal. I'm the Hot Widow of Eric. With me tonight, I have the Hot Widow of Ross. Hello. Allie. And I also have super special guest tonight, the Hot Widower of Kate. Welcome to the show, Craig. Hi, how you doing? All right. We are super excited to have Craig in the studio today, uh, local to Omaha. So that's a really exciting. I have not, I don't know anything about you, so I'm super excited to get to know you better. Do I know anything about me? Really? That's a really good question. (laughs) What do you know about us? That's the big question. What have you heard? Like, what's the rumor on the street in Omaha? Well, I know that for it being audio, if you call a podcast, Hot Widows podcast, you really make your guests like put in some effort on how they look. Oh. Even though no one's going to see them. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so it's really not fair, I think. <laughs> so did you have to get, like really prepare for the evening? Oh yeah, like really do my hair and really oh. trim my beard up. Well, I do take pictures, so. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You check out our Instagram, you never, uh, you wouldn't have to worry about that. So. <laughs> yeah. You could see we're just regular old gals off the streets of Omaha. All right, what do we got tonight, Al? Big update on weather. It's going perfect in Omaha, Nebraska. No rain. We got a little bit today. Really screwed up my poolside Sunday. I have a standing date every Sunday to go to the pool, 1230. I can tell you which pool, but it's the best one in Omaha. So it got screwed up by the rain today. Cocktails at noon, poolside by 1230. Nice. Yeah, what about you? What do you got? So I just got back from Colorado. Me and my boys went to visit Chelsea, who is Ross's sister for Ross's two-year anniversary, which was just this last week. And um, it was absolutely amazing. We went to Colorado Springs and then about 40 minutes west. So we stayed in a cabin in the mountains and it was so peaceful and just so nice to be around Chelsea and just be in the mountains. I feel so at peace there. And every time I leave, I have a hard time leaving because I crave having that peace and having kind of that break in life. So I'm already like thinking about our next trip. When we got back June 1st, it was actually Ross and I's 10 year, uh, would have been 10 year anniversary. And so it was raining. It rained all day. And I remember Crystal called me and she goes, even Ross is crying. No, I said, uh, let's brighten up this story. I have the video. And I said, it's your anniversary. Happy anniversary. It's raining. And Ross is crying. But I'm not sure if it's happy or sad because the sun is right behind the rain. And so I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah. I love that video. Thank you. You got it. Maybe we'll share it. Do I swear in it? Um, I don't I, I don't remember. Do I look hot? Yes. Okay. Then we can share it on the... <laughs> On the podcast, on the Instagram. Hot Widows podcast, so. <laughs> and then, uh, l- like currently, I just got done doing our my hip hop <laughs> dress rehearsal, so I am completely in head to toe our costume for this dance recital. So, uh, <laughs> you guys all might get to see it. You know, <laughs> it looks surprisingly natural. Does I mean, it really? I agree, yeah. Craig. I, if you wouldn't have used the word costume, I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> I wouldn't either. And so I got to tell you, I'm getting ready to go on a trip. I leave on Wednesday and I'm getting dressed. And so I'm a Libra. And if you know anything about Libra, it's like I'm very creative. And my the way my creative side is, is my clothes. So I, I love to make a statement with what I wear. And so I'm like trying on my clothes for my kids to say, what do you guys think about this? What do you think about that? And I had on an outfit just like that. Oh, I'm really? not kidding you. Only thing different is I had on a blue halter top. Mm. And my kid said, you just look kind of like hip hop. I don't think oh. you should take that with you. Nailed it. But <laughs> I did nail it. It uh. looked just like you. I could come to your recital in my outfit. Please. Sneak on stage. Exactly. Yeah. That would, I would stick out like a sore th- thumb. I can't dance at all, Craig. It's really embarrassing. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for trying something new. Thank you. I'm proud of myself. Craig, what's last thing you tried that was new for you? Do you remember? Uh well, wardrobe wise, uh, I went to Mexico in April and then we just got back from Florida, my family, and I wore a matching swimsuit with a bucket hat nice. and really loud. You're trendy. And well, you know, trying too hard. Yeah, um, exactly. But you know, people, it's a conversation piece for sure. Mm-hmm. People stop you on the beach saying, what's your deal? I feel like life's more fun when you have a little bit of that energy going. Oh mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just am just going to be as eccentric as I can be from here on out, which is, I don't know if it can get much worse, but here goes. How is Florida? 
Oh, it was so relaxing. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was the exact opposite of my Mexico trip. Mexico was a bunch of salespeople in there, mm. high energy, mm. a lot of mm-hmm. drinking, which is that kind of fun is great. I'm in Florida was definitely just more low key. Like uh, my whole extended family went, uh, my siblings and myself and all of our kiddos. That's awesome. And yeah, no, it was great. And my mom came and we all had a, a really nice time. It was the first, first real time my kids had some like good ocean time. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's, That's awesome. Fun. Yeah. Did they um, have matching swimsuits? The, no, the no. Uh, we all, we, all the boys got matching, not matching tattoos, but fake tattoos and, oh, and friendship nice. bracelets. So we felt really like Aww. a clan. That is club. so cute. <laughs> so, so you're you have how many? Two boys? I, yeah, two boys and a girl. And a girl. Okay. Uh-huh. Are your boys close? Like yeah, they're they're eighteen months apart. They're only a year apart in school, which has been a lot of fun. They. Mm-hmm. They share buddies and they played on the same sports teams a couple of times. So that's been, mm-hmm. you know, really fun. And as a single parent, like that kind of convenience is yeah. priceless, really. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and they get along okay? They're usually best of friends or worst of enemies. That's yeah. like the- that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> My girls are 24 months apart and they are the best of friends. Like I, they haven't gotten into the enemy. No, they get along. They get along really well. My middle guy, Charlie, is usually... Like when they would used to fight, he would win a lot of them just based on like, screw you, older brother. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. And uh, now his brother's just a little bit bigger than I think they're. Yeah. Tide starting to tilt the other way. So we'll see how it goes. Interesting. Get one of them in the weight room real quick. Yeah, they're going to both like go to the gym. <laughs> I have three kids as well. I have two girls and a boy. My middle one is the same way. She is full of fight. She wants to make her name for herself as a middle one. And then there's that little guy who they beat up on right now, but just give him a few more years. He's going to be smoking those two. Smoking them. Let's see. What do I got here? Um, I have, I was coming down here. So today I went to the pool. So I got up this morning, went to my grandma. She's older and she has recently moved into assisted living. So I went to see her and stopped and saw my parents. And then I came back into Omaha and went to the pool with Cindy. Had one drink. I didn't have many. I'm actually trying to dry out. So let's see. Last time I got really hit the sauce was a couple weeks ago. Probably your birthday. I was trying to take a real low Hip-hop key. Hip hop themed birthday party. Probably. It was not, but it was karaoke themed. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And well, everybody had to wear their favorite decade. Oh, good. So I wore 70s. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wore 50s. And everybody, everybody else wore 60s, 90s, 80s. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It was fun. Yeah, what it was what did you sing, Crystal? Um, I probably sang my favorite was Tina Turner, simply the best. Uh, Allie, Taylor Swift. I think I sang <laughs> several Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> Allie's a and huge Shania Swiftie. Twain. Yeah. Are you seeing Taylor? I wish. I I was offered tickets, but they were like fourteen hundred dollars. I couldn't justify it. Are you? Yes, I'm going. You in are. A weeks. Yeah. I'm super Who are you stoked. going with? I'm taking my youngest. Your daughter. Yeah, my daughter. Oh. Um, and we're like over the moon. Uh, oh it was our Christmas God. present. And so like to now it's coming out that we can cash in on it. So it'll be good. That's, That's so awesome. cool. So fun. Yeah. Oh, what a good gift. Yeah. Oh, it'll be, it'll be fun. And more, Jealous. Uh, my, so, and maybe we'd get into this. Maybe we wouldn't, but my sister and her husband live a house away from me and they have four girls, which has been amazing for Stella since there's three boys in the house. Um, yeah. so she can walk up and get girl time. And, yeah. um, I ended up in the Taylor Swift fan club on accident earlier this year. I bought, I bought her, uh, we, I had an early birthday party for her in October. Her birthday's in December, but uh, that Midnight's album had just come out. And so I bought it and I bought, my gift to her was the that album on vinyl. And so so buying that album, like I got a notice like a, two months later, a month later, whenever tickets went on sale, like as a fan club member, you get whatever. So I was able just to buy six tickets like face value. It's like, wow. Yeah. Which is great. So Stella and I have seats by ourselves and then my sister's taking some of her girls and. Oh, that's really a blast. That is so cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's really sweet. Yeah. I was trying to get tickets for the girls and I, but I was completely unsuccessful. So yeah, I'm not in the fan club. Well, you know, I mean, I'm a Swifty, so. Some people have status (laughs) and some don't. So you know what? (laughs) Live on the wrong side of the tracks to get that status. But what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? If you had to do karaoke, what would you say? <laughs> yeah, Craig, what would your song be? Like, let's start with that. I like I like Maroon a lot. And then and then just if you're going to yell, like 22 is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're just going to sing your lungs out. Yeah. What's yours, Al? 
Well, I sang it. Love story. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> so that's mine by default too. And then 22, because I'm not a huge, I don't mind. I have nothing against her. I enjoy what her music when it comes on, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say I'm a verified fan. So those two songs are my favorite mm-hmm. as well from Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah. On our way back from Florida, there were a bunch of girls in Swifty um, sweatshirts and they had all just gone the night before in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. And everyone just says the same thing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So. Best concert ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go. She knows exactly how to put on a show. She is a true entertainer. Mm-hmm. No matter how you feel about her. It's kind of like, um, oh my gosh, who's that quarterback? He plays for the Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Right. So no matter how you feel about Tom Brady, like you cannot deny the fact he is an elite athlete. It's like Taylor Swift. No matter how you feel about her, she is an elite performer. She knows what she is doing. So we got to give big shout out to Tom Brady and Taylor Swift <laughs> tonight on the Hot Wheels Club podcast. I'm sure they listen. <laughs> you know what? I think they do. I think if they did, you know what? We'd be verified fans. So clearly they don't. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I had a big night. So I want to get into Craig's story too, but I had something really huge that happened to me. I was at, my oldest was graduating eighth grade. So I have one going into high school this year. And that was a really big moment. It was probably the biggest moment in my kid's life since losing Eric. And I just, I hadn't had that. I'd had big moments in my life, big moments in his life, but none in the kid's life as big as this. And so she had eighth grade graduation. She didn't really want to go. She's like, mom, it's just dumb. It's just saying my name, you know, and whatever. Like my name's just on the board. And I'm like, no, 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 your dad and I, we want to go. Like we want to be there. We want to be a part of it. This is important to us. And I still try to refer to like things as your dad and I, and that's just a big part of, of what we do. And so your dad and I want to go, we want to be there. This is really important to us. We want it to be important to you too. We're going. And so we go and I reluctantly get her to attend. It's on her birthday. And she tells, she really doesn't want her birthday ruined by this. And I go in, we're late, we sit down and, um, I don't know why I chose the seats I chose. I have lots of friends there. I could have chosen any of my friends to go sit with or buy, but I didn't. I just chose some seats with me and my other two kids. And I sat down and like they start the ceremony and these kids are saying these speeches and they're so like, I don't know why, but I was crying over these kids' speeches about, you know, living in the moment and moving forward and doing cool things. And I look over and that fucking empty seat next to me, like nothing has ever been as big into me as that moment right there where I wanted to like look over and hold his hand and there was nobody there. That was huge. Yeah, that's tough. That was a horrible moment for me and I'm two years out. And so just so you know, like we have great moments, like we're living our lives, but those little things, they do still come up and they sneak up and it's like, oh, wow, hold up. I got a quick crotch punch for you. And then I'm going to get you back to normal. But that was really emotional for me empty seats next to me. Have you guys had any of those moments? Just that person next to you? I Well, I remember like my most vivid memory of that is the kids and I first like car ride after Kate died. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just were at my house and we're going over to grandma's and like I had a minivan at the time and we load them in and just look over and she's not there. It's like, what? Yeah, wait. You know, like it just seems so unnatural. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, I think especially like that year one, you you drive around and you're just like crying. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, All the like, time. What? Like again, yeah. you know, like, yeah, which is just, I, I mean, and you work your emotions out and you feel, and you know, and it evolves and changes, but right. it's just like, just like all those little, like you said, well, you said crotch punch, I would say gut punch, but you know. Either one works. <laughs> I think both hurt. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think those, um. Mine are definitely so much more infrequent, like in today's world. Like I feel like they're really kind of reserved for those big moments right now. I'm kind of glad I'm over that, like that first 18 months, 12 to 18 months where it was just like you said, Craig, like just the constant, like anything could happen and I would have just started crying and you didn't really know why. You knew why, but you didn't know why. And now it's so much more regulated and it's not as impactful, but it's still, that was the first one that was really in the kid's life. I don't think they cared that much. I don't. I didn't feel like Millie was, like she didn't care as much about it. And maybe yeah. that was why I was a little like, oh my gosh, this just feels weird without him here. The one that I had on the regular that's just kind of dialed back as far as just like feeling like some real emotion and missing are kids' birthdays. And yeah. like, so in my family, 
we sing happy birthday and then we sing happy birthday in Polish and I'm not going to do it now. Yes, um, you are. At but, some point you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but like after we do that until maybe like the last year or two years, like I, I had like removed myself and just, I would go downstairs and just ball for like, I mean, like do the thing where it's like, all right, a tight three minute cry. And then we're back at the party, right. you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, so, but I, I don't know what about it. It's just the, if it's the ceremony of everything or whatever, but you just get in your feelings and it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those moments are tough. So big moments, empty chairs. Holly, anything else before we jump into Craig's story? Oh, I have a friend. I'll do a quick shout out. I have a friend who, um, it's fitting for tonight, Craig. Um, friend of mine, he is a widower and he's been dating someone and they've been dating for like, I don't know. I can't trust what he says. You never know. It's like a year. I think he he forgets dates. But anyways, he let me know that his girlfriend has put out this Instagram page called dating a widower. So if anyone wants to follow that, that page, please do so. He asked if I'd start following it and I did. So shout out to you, Jim and Jessica. I'm following your page and hot widows club podcast. If you are interested in following that, please do so as well. Maybe some good tips out there. If you're dating a widow and they're just confused as all fuck about what <laughs> is going on in that yeah. person's brain. It's like dating a widow. I have to imagine that dating a widower is just like dating a widow. <laughs> All right. Well, Craig, let's learn more about you. I want to hear more about your story. And I'll, I guess, Allie, do you want to introduce real quick how Craig came to us? Sure. A couple things. So when Ross was diagnosed, I became really close to um, Lindsay, who has been on here. And when Ross passed, Lindsay introduced me to Jamie, who has also been on here. So Lindsay and Jamie took me out to dinner maybe a couple months after Ross had passed. And they started talking about you, about Craig and how fun he was and like funny and how you and I guess you three would hang out Mm -hmm. and just have fun and laugh. And you guys all understood each other. So that's the first time that they had talked about you to me. Then when Lindsay came on here, she actually talked about you as well and wanting you to come on. And so she introduced us. So Lindsay's the one that introduced us to Craig. And both those two are amazing women. They are. They are the best. They're amazing. But this is really crazy is that, so I go to the cemetery a lot. I talk about that on here. I'm a weirdo. But one day I was walking around kind of to the tombs that are like by Ross. And I had come upon Kate's and I didn't know it at the time that it was Craig's wife. And um, so anyways, we just confirmed it. Yeah, that, I just saw the video. That <laughs> Real footage live uh, tonight live of, only. Live of nothing happening. <laughs> so everyone's dead there. But it's there. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, just small world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get to hang out for two hours now and then we'll rest at eternity by each other. Exactly, great, that's crazy. So. <laughs> anyway, so that's how we met Craig. I'm thinking of getting a tombstone for Eric. Well, I know a neighborhood. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> no location. Do you know any open spots? <laughs> um, no, Jamie and Lindsay are, they're awesome. And like they, I, so one of the, I think one of the positives, I mean, I don't know about you, but like going through this, like, you know, you live long enough, something's going to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. And so how you deal with it, how you look at it, I think is a really big deal. And and one of the positives that I've found is just like the people that have come in and out of my life because of my situation. Right. And so there have been those two and they came along at a very critical time for me and provided me like a lot of advice and, and a lot of laughs, obviously they're hilarious. And then I had one other gal um, whose name's also Lindsay. One of the things that I did with my kiddos right after Kate passed was I put them put them and myself right into Teddy Bear Hollow, which yeah. is now called Grief's Journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've um, done it. And that's an absolutely amazing organization. And I met my friend Lindsay there and she had lost her husband maybe a week before Kate had passed. And then she had three kiddos and they were all within a year of my kids. Mm-hmm. So, and the cool part about that experience of, of knowing her is that like, she's someone I would hang out with anyways, probably. Right. So it's like, so you know, getting plugged in and like sharing like that little bit of trauma as like a start of, of something, you know, and, and obviously like lives move. So like, I don't talk to her nearly as much as I would like to, but you know, there's a Facebook message or a text a couple times a year. And, 
And so that's been really positive. But I mean, Jamie and Lindsay are again, two people that I'm so happy that I know of and, you know, right. Cause they're just, they're great. They have both helped me. Yeah. Incredible yeah. amounts. They're amazing women. I love them. I was very connected to them. It's like you said, like these people come into your life, especially these widows, widowers that just like, there's a reason they come and like stay there Yeah, and you don't get rid of them. I mean, like you said, like the relationship can tend to wane at moments, oh, but sure. it's what you need in that moment. Yeah. yeah. So Craig started by telling us your story. Tell us about you and your courtship with Kate and kind of yeah. your, your grief's journey. Um, well, before I get lost in something, I, I, I did want to say like the fortuitousness or whatever of, of, recording this today is, is interesting. When I was talking to Allie about this, your recording schedule, she's like, we'll record on Sundays and we want you to come on. And our next deal is June 4th. And June 4th is actually the day that Kate died. Oh, so she died eight years ago today. My gosh. Um, so this felt, you know, fitting. Like a sign. Yeah, yeah. it's good. So if I had reservations about coming on, I think the date just kind of nudged me over the edge, uh, to, to come on and talk about it. Awesome. Thank you We're for glad being here. here. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Well, Kate and I were, I mean, I don't know that I'd use the term high school sweethearts because we met like at the tail end of, of my, I was a year older than her, tail end of my high school time. And uh, we both went to St. Louis University down in Missouri and dated all through there. And then um, she was super smart, like way smarter than me, which is great for my children because they have her brain. Um, <laughs> I did nothing there. Um I gave him tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> she gave him the brains. Uh -huh. I got yeah. the tats. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so the year I graduated from college, she left college early and got into dental school without a degree. Mm -hmm. So I always made fun of her that she was a college dropout, <laughs> but ended up being a dentist. So, um, <laughs> so she got into dental school. We did long distance, like while I was doing my master's degree and she was doing dental school and then uh, got married in uh, 2004. And then she was practiced uh dentistry and then i was i had a couple jobs and probably the most interesting piece of like my work life that's like related to our story is we started a photo booth rental company that allowed me to work from home so i was able to do that while we raised the kiddos when they were like super little so that was like that came along at a really good time and then relationship was super good. Like, like the thing that I miss the most, I mean, I'm, I'm now far enough removed from, I mean, eight years. Like mm -hmm. if you, you can imagine how much better you feel at Absolutely. two. Yeah. When you come out at eight, like I'm definitely at a place where I can talk about her and, and maybe I'll cry. Who knows? Maybe I'll cry in a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> but we I wouldn't mostly, judge you if you did, but I'm cry. mostly like, you know, I'm mostly just like, I'm just so freaking glad I knew that girl. Like, I'm so yeah. glad she was in my life and I'm so glad we had the relationship that we did. She gave you three freaking beautiful um, children. Yes. And yes. And I'm biased, but they are, they're beautiful yeah. and they're so cool. And that's one part that's like really difficult to not have is like that super like healthy, supportive partner. Right. Um, and it's, and I don't, how old are your, your kiddos? I don't remember. Mine are 14, 12 and eight. Okay. So you, we're in a similar spot. Mm -hmm. Gus is six. Hank's four. Okay. So yeah. So you're, but you're coming out of like toddler time. Yeah. When <laughs> they, is, when yeah. Ross died, they were two and four. Yeah. On our, on the, it's so weird on like the bus, like the shuttle back to our car at the airport, there was a mom and a dad sitting across from me and their kids were like exactly the same ages as when, Kate passed from, from my kiddos. And I just looked at them and I was like, how did I do that by myself? Yeah. Like, how did that, you know, but you just figure it out. Like you know your how you did it. Just, you're a badass. Your body. Well, <laughs> but I, mean, I don't know. You just figure it out. Like right. you just do it. You just it, do you it, have right? To. Mm -hmm. You no just choice. have to do it. Yeah. But I was like those parents, like they had a ton of luggage and looked really disheveled <laughs> <laughs> and they were looking at me like it gets better. Right. I'm like, yeah, it gets better. Like my kids can all pack their suitcase and we can just go. Did you have your bucket hat on? So, no, that's beach only. Okay. And really even then probably shouldn't exist on my head at all. So like having, having that relationship of, because she was just like, she was just a great partner. She was beyond supportive. Like, and like we, we did a really good job of, of passing the baton back and forth of like, Hey, you're at work. I'm with kids. We're both contributing to the household and then pass it back. And Hey, now you're at work and I'm with kids. Like we're both doing what we're supposed to be doing. And like, and so like having that natural flow is like as a parent, especially of like the age that those kids were like, it was just, you know, super awesome. And even I even had guy friends of mine that would, and you know, guys are less likely to be as emotionally intelligent as you women. Uh, <laughs> But they would come up to me and like ask for relationship advice and they would be like, how are you like, what do you and Kate do? And I'm like, cause like they, people could just tell. 
And, and I don't know what we did. Like we made it up as we went along, like everybody does, but it was, yeah, no, it was just great. So we lived in the middle of town and then we're the, around the time that Kate started to, I would say, show signs of depression. So I should, I don't no one, I, we haven't said this yet. So, so Kate died of, of suicide and it came on relatively quickly. Like the, the signs of her struggle and depression were, were pretty rapid. She had struggled with depression really. I mean, I'm sure she struggled with it more than I knew, but like there was one other time in her life when she was in school, like really putting in hours and studying and, you know, and there's a lot of stress there when you're trying to get your doctorate that she, you know, went to see someone and, and talked to someone and took some medication to help herself, you know, feel better. And, uh, and that was in like our, we must've been in our mid twenties if she was in dental school then. And then was, she got off it and, you know, it was, that was the past and we kept going. And then in 2015, we had a lot of change in our life. And this is where partner communication. And then also just like, kind of like life point of views, like are very interesting to me because with all the change that we had, like there, I would say it was just like unknown, like it wasn't necessarily negative, but it was going to be different. Like our life was going to be different. She was going to buy into her, her dental practice. Like we were moving the photo booth stuff has was going well, but it's starting to wane. So it's like, we probably should sell this soon. Like, and you know, Craig get a normal job. And so I think all that uncertainty, like really triggered something in her that, um, that caused a struggle. And, and so that spring of 15, we had just moved into our new house and she was just really going through it. Like it was, it was tough for me to sit alongside her living what I would consider like the same life. And then, see how she would react and feel what I was feeling. And, and there's, and then they didn't align. So like, I mean, it was obvious there was something wrong. And, and so she was, she again, like went to go see someone. And, and, and I think the thing that I am most frustrated with is probably like the lack, I felt there was like a lack of communication with her healthcare professional and then myself. Uh, and that has, that was a really big point of frustration for me in that they put her on some new medication and in the irony of all ironies, like if you start new medication for your mental health, like one of the side effects is fucking suicide. Right. You know, like, uh, yeah. So like, I just felt like maybe give me a heads up and I'm sure there's HIPAA stuff or, you know, I, and by the way, I don't know what I'm talking about, but like, <laughs> but it seems reasonable, it like does. float homeboy a note, right. like, keep yes. an eye, you know, and it was, and I think she ended up getting diagnosed like bipolar and I, and I kept some of her medication for like, couple of years thinking I was going to like really do some research. And I, I just, like, there was no reason to go down that rabbit hole for me. So, you know, the month of May of 2015 was, there's a lot of swings. Like it's pretty sad. So the last week of her life, like I could, now that I have like the hindsight of, of everything, like, and knowing the results, like it's easier for me to like play that back and be like, Oh, but something like really changed in her that last week. Like it almost became like she almost like lost emotion and she was the happiest like she was the most supportive like so caring and you know and and i remember like we had this like conversation on the night of my birthday like we went out and went to a show and then we're like back and she was just like i don't know how someone i don't know how you could love someone like me and it's like oh, what the fuck are you talking about like right. oh my god you're amazing right you're absolutely perfect. amazing like we need you so hard right. <laughs> you know like yeah. we need you so much exactly and that didn't mean anything to her right. like because it was it just got very robotic um which was like really difficult to to comprehend and see and that's really where like that difference of emotion and feeling like it really was like obvious like oh something's like not right right and so she went to work the morning of the fourth and I had a, I had some work that I do later in the day. So we, the last time I talked to her, she called or I called her around noon between 11 and noon and had a phone conversation and she didn't all the way sound like herself. Like she sounded like just frantic and it was a really quick, I mean, I, I we talked for like a minute 30, mm -hmm. it was really fast, but I hung up and that didn't feel good. Uh, but you know, keep, she's at work. So keep going about my day. She was supposed to come home, uh, to make it pass like transition with the kids so I could go to work and, and she didn't show up. And so I, you know, called her and 
called her and called her and she didn't answer. And then her, her office, she had two offices at the time. And one of them was by like the smoke shop. And so I called them thinking like, well, maybe she's on her way. And I, and they like, I was like, Hey, this is a weird question. Like, is there a minivan like outside your, the office across the way? And they're like, yeah, it's still there. And I was like, and my heart just like dropped. Like, and so like when, when I heard that, I was like, this is not, this is not good at all. And so made the 911 call and wow. luckily my brother was able to come over and, and watch the kids. And I just remember like, while I was like calling 911, like Evan's just sit, my oldest is just sitting in the table coloring and I'm like, Oh fuck buddy. Like, this is Oh my God, Craig. How old was he at the time? So he, he was almost six. Like he okay. was, uh, he was a couple days away from being six. Um, so he was six. My middle guy was, um, four and then my youngest was 18 months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a big moment. Yeah. Like how? I mean, it's, it almost is like out of body. Oh I mean, my it's, God, yeah. You know, like it just doesn't feel like it's happening to you. Right. Is it still like, is that memory still really vivid? Like you can still remember exactly how that day went. Yeah. 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 That's the way I feel about the day Eric died too. Like that, that moment, I can't, I can't unsee it or uh-huh. I can't get it out of my mind. Yeah. Nothing's going to push that out. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I remember kissing my kids goodbye that morning because I didn't get a chance to tell like my kids wanted to go to school. So Eric was dying. They knew it. I told them he was dying and they come in from the neighbor's house. And I was like, you know, go say good morning to daddy. And they're like, but he can't see or talk to us. And I said, I know, but he can go say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. And they reluctantly went up there and said goodbye and they left and I was like, have a good day at school. And then they came home from school and I said, I'm so sorry. And those, those kid moments, those are big. Ones. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. so by the time everything was like done at Kate's office, you know, like my family is there, her family is there and we waited for him to take her, take her body out and take it away. And then we went over to her mom's and just, you know, like just cried and planned stuff and whatever. Um, but like I went home and my mom, obviously like she stayed the night at my house and I mean, I didn't sleep like at all. Yeah. Like I have a buddy, a buddy in Paris and I called him at like four in the morning, three in the morning, just to like tell him. And I, I just want to talk to someone, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like I was just like, right. Uh, like, you know, I called him like, and, uh, and so he, you know, he hung on the phone with me for a while, which was great. And, but I just like, remember laying there, like waiting for the boys to wake up. And again, like they, I, I just remember them coming into my room and I was in bed and just telling them one at a time. And, you know, Evan, mm-hmm. Evan cried and Charlie didn't really know what to do. And, and then I just, the next day I remember overcompensating so hard, like oh, yeah. best day ever guys. Like, let's go to, you know, what sugary cereal do you want? Let's go to the children's museum. Let's like do all the thing, you know, like, um, just overcompensating so much. And, um, but I don't know, like little things like that are like interesting to think about now. Like, it's like, what are you doing, buddy? Just pump the brakes and stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I was just telling someone the other day, like my kids, like it was Amelia on her birthday and that awards night. I was like, my kids have since Eric got sick and Eric dying. And then since then, like everyone has been so kind to us, but they, people have compensated for them not having a dad. I mean, it's so gracious. Like they've just gotten so many things and I have done the same. Like, oh, you want to go here? Sure. I don't mind sending you to Washington, D.C. I don't mind buying you Taylor Swift tickets. I don't mind getting you all these things that if Eric was alive, he would have been like, girlfriend, pump the brakes. Like you don't need to be doing all this for our kids. He would have totally pulled me, reined me in. I definitely overcompensate now. I will say, and you know, I've listened to a couple of your episodes. Yeah. So I, I haven't listened to all of them, but I think like the most heartening part of it is just like people are pretty good. Like, so good. like it was really heartening. Like the, how people just kind of wrap themselves around you, like the community at large, like that we, I mean, she, I mean, obviously like Kate was such a wonderful person that like, I just remember the wake, like the line just being out the door. Yeah. And, and I know there are people that got in line and didn't get to talk to myself or, yeah. you know, her family and, but you know, it's a reflection of her, but it like, but also just like the care you feel, um, for you and your kids. Like it's like, it is like really, really cool. Did you ever feel alone? Oh yeah. I actually have a vivid memory. We had a funeral and then the, like the, you go eat food that you don't want and then you go, and then, you know, I'm 
Catholic, so we go drink. And uh, I just, we were at the bar and we were at the bar pretty late and really <laughs> celebrating her. And really and I making remember, sure we yeah, send her yeah, off yeah. well. Which is, you know, you're like, it's what you want. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> She'd but, be here if you could. But I definitely have a memory of like, right after someone passes like that first week, it's so fucking hard, but it's also so structured that like you have a purpose, like you have something to do there. You're doing something to remember them. And so like, I remember being at the funeral or at the party at the bar af after the funeral. And I remember just sitting with my high school buddies and we were just joking, laughing. And like, I looked around and I'm like, I don't want this to end. And, and I totally remember like you're surrounded by everyone in your life that you love. And I have never felt so alone at the end of that uh, wake or at the end of the, uh, the, the bar after the funeral. And it's because, I mean, everyone goes back to their normal life. And, and like, that was like the, and being alone is a feeling that you get used to and get familiar with and I'm comfortable with, but like, but like that, that funeral night, or I just remember being like, I want, I want this to go on into perpetuity. <laughs> like I don't want it to stop that high. It's yeah. that high that you're on. Cause then, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, everyone else mm -hmm. and they, and they should go back to their lives. Right. That's what they, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, right. They got to go to work. Right. Uh, and they've already done so much for you and they've, you know, so like, so everyone, you know, plays a role, but, uh, but that feeling of that night, like that is an empty, empty mm -hmm. feeling. I bet. Yeah. I'm also Catholic. So we had the same exact schedule mm -hmm. and I remember leaving the bar and it is a weird feeling of like, okay, we're everybody's leaving. Now it's just me and, and these two little guys. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I couldn't sleep that night. I was so wound up just kind of reliving, you know, the wake and then the funeral and, and then the burial and then the lunch and then the bar. Mm -hmm. I was like reliving it all. and because so many people showed up. There was so much love. And, you know, a lot of people that didn't even know Ross, they were showing up for me or for the boys. And it was just like, I don't know, it just felt good in the moment. Right. So I know, I know exactly that feeling. I actually called Lindsay when I got home. I remember and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like now I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Now I got to figure this out. And intimidating mm -hmm. yeah i had my kids were older than both of your kids at that time so mine were when eric passed away they were well 12 10 and four so they were a little bit older and, and so, by the way i think there's parts of that that are really hard like not that i mean not that you'd ever want your spouse to die but my, i feel like my kids were almost at an advantage because they were so young mm -hmm. that they, they don't necessarily know the difference yeah you know? yeah so they were like they were home and that was a little bit easier. I had a lot of people in town. Mine was, Eric died during COVID still. So even though I was February and you were May, February was still COVID. Omaha didn't lift all their COVID shit until- The week Ross died. The week, yeah, until May. The weirdest feeling. So like going to the bar was something that for me, I couldn't, like I want, I'm not Catholic, so, but I do enjoy drinking, mostly whiskey and tequila. Send it if you have it. But usually we would have done that too, but I didn't go because of COVID because- we had to be so crazy careful during COVID that I couldn't, like we couldn't go anywhere or do anything because he was so incredibly sick. And so like I had made this vow to him that I would do whatever he wanted me to do during COVID. And so then when he died, like I really wanted to go to the bar and I really wanted to have a good time, but I'd said, be safe, do what the government, you know, yeah. follow all the rules until I did. And so we didn't do that. We had everybody back over at our house. Thankfully, my sister came in from North Carolina and she stayed with me for the first week after Eric died. And then my best friend from Minnesota was there too. And she refused to leave my side. And so I probably had a good two weeks of people in my house with me, mm -hmm. but which was good. And then, then we got Kevin, the dog, I got a dog. So like two days after Eric's funeral, we ended up with a dog. And so that helped me not feel That's so. That's the best, like uh, one of the best widow, widower tropes is you should get a dog. <laughs> Did people you get telling a dog? You, people telling you, no, I, uh. I was like, I already have three living things that depend on yes. me. Like, I yeah. don't want another thing. Yours are so know. young. That was that like, exactly what I did. I'm telling do. you guys, Kevin was great. I mean, <laughs> no. that that freaking dog. Now, when that dog dies, like our whole house, our whole empire will crumble. But yeah, he my, definitely bridged the gap. My friend Lindsay from Teddy Bear Hall that I referenced earlier, she got a dog. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she got it. And she had the dog for like two months. And I was like, <laughs> 
just done. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, Kevin's great. I love that guy. So eight years out, tell us like how you're feeling today. I feel pretty good. Like I think once like once your grief of your partner kind of moves around and changes to like, I mean, I'm sure it's on its final state, but it's but like I said, like I'm I'm pretty comfortable talking about her. I'm pretty comfortable talking about like our relationship and and when I think about her, I'm not in tears. And and I think like the focus after that portion is kind of done, like really just shifts to the kids. And it's like trying to make sure like the mission and ideas that like her and I had together. It's like, all right, I got to execute them, buddy. You know, so um, so I feel like I'm in a good spot um, emotionally with her. And then and executing um, what you guys wanted. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> yeah, mostly. Can you share some things that you that she wanted that you're doing or that you guys um, both wanted? Well, the the I mean. Catholic school is a big deal for her and, and, and I've, and I've kept them in there and that community is, is, is great. Anyways, I was raised in that way and, you know, Jesuit high school, Jesuit college. Um, and then, and then education is, a, is education anyways, was, is a big part of, of like, was, was a big focus for her and also her family. Like they're all super smart. And so just, you know, trying to keep the kids like focused on studies and stuff like that is good. And then, and then also just like, like trying just to lean in and do the thing. That's what I think that is one perspective that a lot of people in our situation probably have like a little bit elevated version of is just like, go do something because you don't know what tomorrow is like for That's real, right. like for real yeah. and not to like be cliche about it, but fuck, you don't know what five minutes is going to do for you. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Wear yeah. the hip hop outfit. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Own it. But, but I, so that, I mean, that's something that like, and especially now that my kids are a little older, like we've done like a ton of concerts this year. We've done, you know, a couple little trips here and there. And like, and now that they're, you know, can manage themselves a little better. It's like, let's go do these things and make these memories. That's been really enjoyable. And, and part of the parental pride that I get is like feeling like Kate would be really proud of these kids. Yeah. Like she would like my oldest is like, he is so annoyingly funny like yeah and he's at an age where you just like he takes way too many swings at jokes like he, he makes fun of everything but he's witty that would be like i mean her, her brothers like she has three brothers and they appreciate it um and they participate in it and uh <laughs> you know so like so and then my middle guy is like for a kid he is like he can just walk into a room and know what it needs so like so being able to like, and, and then my youngest is just like straight smiley party, like girl, like mm -hmm. she is just like, let's have the most fun we can have all the time. So if I were to have to like to present them to Kate, it's like, here's my work. Like, <laughs> How did I, I think, do, yeah, babe? Like, I think she'd give me good marks, you know? So like, so that's, you know, that's like, that's really, that feels really good. I agree. I think that's one of the, like, the best things that we can do as parents, right? Is is take our children and say, hey, Eric, look what I did. I get so proud, like to say, look what they're doing. Like I'm doing this. And I like in a time when you thought it was so hard and there was no way in hell you could ever do it. We did it. We showed up every day. Um, one of the things that I'm working on in my own life is trying to live not just for Eric because Eric, I, he was such a huge part of me. And I used to say, well, Eric would want me to do this. And I know Eric would love this. He'd be so happy if I did this. And now I'm like, okay, he's not here. I have to do this for me and I have to do this for them. And so I'm trying to do more of like, like kind of holding on to like those big moments, Craig, like you're talking about like education and like Eric wanted Ben to play baseball. He's doing that. He's doing good. Mm -hmm. And so like putting those moments out there, but not living my life solely to be a widow. I even made a note to talk about in my um, notes that, like to cover tonight is not being defined as a widow anymore. Yeah. And I feel like in, you know, the first couple of years, it was such a huge part of who I am. And I'm finally getting to a place now where like, I don't, I don't want to be defined as a widow anymore. It's hard when I do a podcast called the hot widows club podcast, <laughs> but I, <laughs> and that's such a big part of me giving back to the community because that's like so important to me to give back. So, I did the other day, I was getting my brakes changed and it just came out of nowhere. Like this is so not me. Allie, you might be like, yeah, it's your line. But I was getting my brakes changed and I'm at work and I was in a meeting and I stepped out to take the phone call of them 
um, like telling me everything was done. And they're like, oh, it's going to be like $987. And I said, do you give any discounts to Hot Widows? It came out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I don't think they actually gave me Let's one. But oh, he, he did think it was funny. He did laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah. Other than that, I don't want to be defined as a, a widow necessarily. I don't. I don't mind like it, like sharing it and like helping people through it, but I don't want to be defined as it. Well, it's interesting. Like the I I made such a big professional change um, right after. Kate died that like, I remember having this thought, like I'm going to meet all these new people in my job and I, you know, I'm in sales. So it's like, you gotta, you know, talk to people all, all day. And, and a lot of times it's a lot of fun and sometimes it's not, but I'm going to like meet all these people and they're not going to know her or of her like at all. Mm-hmm. Cause they didn't know me till I said, Hey, you want to buy some stuff and Go so to Mexico like, and get drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you want so to? Yes or no? Um, Check the box. But, uh, but like, that that to me is like interesting and i think and now i'm now far enough removed from it that i i don't think that like i walk around with that identity but but it is especially that first year two years like i just remember like wanting people to like stop looking at me with pity yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like turn that frown upside down bro i'm exactly. good like i isn't bro the worst? Like I used it, I started using it ironically on my boys and now I just say it on accident. Like I think the it's joke, great. The joke's Keep it on up. Me. You're fine. That's um, but like, you just like want people to like stop pitying you, Yeah, you know? And I, I think do. that's really the identity part of it. It's yeah. like, like I put on my big boy, big girl pants and I can do my life, you know? Right. And so like when that starts to fall away, that actually is a pretty good feeling. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. I feel like I'm there now. I feel like, like I don't want to be like, stop, like, Stop treating me like a widow. Start treating me like Crystal, the baddest bitch I am. <laughs> I think that's what my name tag says at work. Just kidding. It doesn't. But anyways, I, I agree. Like that's a kind of a like I'm not I don't need like I need you because I love you and I care about yeah. you. But I don't need you to feel sorry for me anymore. My kids don't need you to feel sorry for me. They don't want to feel sorry. My kids, especially they do not want the pity of it. They do not want to talk about it at all. I mean, they'll talk about it with me, but other people, they're like, oh, yeah, like, let's get out of here. It's making me uncomfortable, mom. I don't want to. Like, yeah. This doesn't feel right. So I try to pull them out of those situations. One thing that, I mean, Teddy Bear Hollow was was so good for my kids, just like to talk about death and loss. Like, like there were there was a point, you know, a year or two after Kate died where my kids were more comfortable talking about it than adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. You know, like they would use the word suicide and like, you know, and. And not bad an eye. And that's, you know, and that's what, you know, that's what you want. Like you want them to feel, you know, super comfortable. Right. And, uh, but yeah. And not like they're outcast. Do your kids worry about you though? Like I feel like my, so my four-year-old and six-year-old, they are very comfortable about talking about death, but they have very much expressed me dying. Yeah. Have your kids expressed that? Um, no, my, I mean, again, my annoyingly funny oldest, he just, (laughs) I mean, he would make jokes that, you know, well, dad, you're going to die at probably die at 41, you know, like, just like, <laughs> just like, I don't know where the joke came from and I'm not delivering it properly. Like okay. he, you know, he did a much better version, but like, but no, they're not, they're not concerned about me dying. They are pretty aware of my emotions though. Like they, especially my youngest, like she is very in tune with me. Like if I am a little off, like that girl will sniff it out. And, and then she throws on like the. And I don't, you know, and I don't, it's not like I wanted to like have to do that role and I don't, and I don't need her to, but the fact that she can recognize it and put it on like the motherly or partner role in that moment of like tough sadness stuff is, is like very cool. Yeah. Um, so as long as there's like a healthy emotional balance for her of just like not overly worrying about me, then like, then that's great. Some of that's a female thing too. My, cause my daughter will do the same thing. Like she can, like she, Violet can sniff out exactly when something has changed in me, mm-hmm. anything. And she comes like calling, closing the door, mom, can we talk in private? Why? <laughs> and she just, there's something going on with me that she has picked up and she's like, I'm just worried about you. Mm-hmm. And it's sweet. My oldest has taken on, which how old is your oldest? Uh, he's just about to be 14. Yeah. So mine just turned 14 a couple of weeks ago and she's kind of, now she's at a point and she loves this role, but she kind of likes playing the partner to me in the household. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I try not to put the onus on her, like the pressure of being a partner, but I do let her be my partner a little bit. Cause I think it teaches her so much responsibility. Yeah. Like other 14 year olds don't get that level of responsibility and maturity. And so if I had to think of anything good that came of this, I do think that my kids are very, just so much more emotionally mature yes. than other kids 
if that they're yeah. around. Yeah, I agree. I, I think my kids and and if they ever hear this, like that, you should work more at the home than you do. But no, but they are like they're so good at chores. Like they're like they're just so helpful, and it's because they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like. So like, but I mean, my youngest will wake up and like make scrambled eggs for herself in the morning toast. And it's, and I don't do anything. Like I just get myself, I'm usually the anchor getting out the door, you know, like, (laughs) which is, which is funny. Like they're just, they're responsible. I'm like, I'm really proud of them about it. I think they, as far as their age goes, they are, they are more responsible than some. Yeah. My kids before I left tonight said, mom, what's for dinner? I said, I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that. And Amelia goes, can we just DoorDash Chipotle? I said, yeah, go ahead and do that. And so she jumped on and she goes, should I order for the little ones too? I said, yeah, please. And she got dinner taken care of. Yeah, it's coming. Babe. Not at that stage whatsoever. <laughs> it's coming. It, it's like, I know. I'm like, yeah. I'm still wiping butts. <laughs> like literally, my six-year-old still cannot wipe his butt. Oh <laughs> my gosh. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with wiping <sighs> his ass every now and then. I don't it's know. Fine. It's but fine. I, I did tear up when you talked about being proud because I do really feel like Ross would be so proud of our kids. He would be proud of me, but like I, what, what gets me is said it. So today Gus was in a soccer tournament uh, for a Catholic. He plays soccer for uh, one of the Catholic schools here and they made it to the the championship of this tournament. And it's the first championship he's ever been in. Okay. So he's six and I was, he was so excited and they won and they got trophies and I'm just like the whole time just thinking, Ross is so proud, you know, because he is just really good at soccer. And I'm just so proud of him. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, teared up to that. Teared. Wrong with that. <laughs> I'm always teared up. Allie's our resident crier. We love her <laughs> no matter what. She's the, the biggest heart in the I entire feel, world. I feel a lot. She does feel. It's great to have a friend like Allie I who care. just feels so much. She does. And she's a great listener too. So much better than me. But yeah, so Craig, um, let's see. So what else is super, like what else do we have to look forward to eight years out? Like everything is kind of hard, you know, leading up and it gets easier as you chip away at it, right? Yeah, I mean, you just get reps at doing the everyday stuff. Like I, the thing that I struggle the most with still, I'm, I think that you get really good at your routine because time is so precious. And so like with my job, I, I'm kind of on the clock most hours, like I'm available most hours. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you never really feel like you're not working, but there's stuff that needs to happen to the house. So like, so the thing that I struggle with the most is because time is already so tight. Like if there is a surprise, it's like, Oh, now what, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so dealing with that is, is tough. Um, and that's why really like parenting is supposed to be two people. Right. Uh, (laughs) It was meant to be that way. And then the other piece that I struggle with is like, I think I run a really tight ship every day, but it's kind of like the bigger projects, like setting time aside to like really do yard work and, mm-hmm. and to keep up with your neighbors yes. or set aside time to like redo the bathroom, you know, like stuff like that. That is the, those big chunks of time or that additional project, I think is something that if you are parenting solo, like that's tough. If you, especially when you're trying to be plugged into your kids' worlds, you know, mm-hmm. like um, the irony of it is that like for you, Ali, is that like you'll trade one set of responsibilities for another like yeah. you know your kids require more hands-on stuff now but then it's like but then you're going to be going to a thousand games and you know and, and activities just pile up and pile up and oh they already are crazy you has, don't know me yeah. oh Craig, <laughs> you don't know me she had how many i don't i i don't even want to get yeah, into Craig, this. I, don't know. I think she had yeah. like five or six games today already yeah, yeah. And, and they're they're four and six yeah. and i'm su- i'm super fortunate in that like my kids friends and and their parents are just they're just the best they're Me too. they like proactively reach out like hey craig you need help like hey craig you need help and and it's so amazing i remember jim telling me that my buddy jim he's the widower i was telling you about he told me once i was like i can't do it all i can't get them everywhere i can't take them places and he's only like three or four months out he goes don't you have people calling you like asking you to help you and i was like yeah i do and i should be saying yes because i was at first i was like i gotta do it on my own i felt like i had to do yeah. it and I wasn't taking advantage of that. And now I'm just like, you're offering, like you're offering not for any other reason than you want to. Yeah. Like, I am not going to say no anymore. I, especially like these last couple of months, I'm like, I'm going to say yes, because I don't like trying to do it on my own is just going to kill me. Yeah, no, there, for, for me, I like have to, I, there's just no physical way for me to get to all these practices plus have a full-time job. And so 
I have definitely learned. And it's thankfully now that my Gus is older, I've made friends with his friends' parents. So that does help. Like when Ross passed, Gus was not even in kindergarten. So like, yeah, I feel like that community. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't have that community. So now once Gus is, he's in first grade, I'm starting to get to know the parents and that helps tremendously because they know my situation and they want to help. Yeah. And I, I have just learned that I, I can't do it alone. Like I need help. I do know that for the games though, like if I'm, I can't miss a game because they notice both of my kids notice and they get so happy. Like their face lights up seeing me there. So I always try to make a point to be to all their games as much as I can, but the practices I'm like, okay, I got, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I can, I can say okay. yes to some help. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Craig, what advice do you have for our listeners? If you can give, and most of our listeners are widows, widowers yeah. out there. What advice can you give them? And they're all in different states of their journey. Well, I, I thought about this, like when I was driving in, the thing that I would ask or tell people is to like, just give yourself so much grace, like, especially those first couple of years, because no one knows what they're doing. Like you're making it up, like you're going to get it wrong and then you're going to get it right. And just being aware of progress and how you feel about your situation or about yourself. Like, I mean, human beings, we're all like insecure little guys, right? You know? So, you know, when something traumatic happens and it sets you back, like being able to like see like a, like a signpost of progress and like really appreciating that is like, I think it's so helpful and so motivating. One of the like coolest gifts that I got the couple like started, started two weeks after Kate died. I have a, a buddy, Nick, who is an actor out in LA and he called me one day and he's like, Hey buddy, I'm just going to call you every day. And I'm just going to tell you something insignificant about my day. And he's like, if you want to reply, then do it. And if you don't, that's okay. He's like, I'm just going to give you a little updates on my life and just, you know, give me a touch. And that turned into a really amazing project and kind of like little document. So for my first year of processing, like all that grief, I actually have like recordings of myself, like dealing with that stuff. And, um, and then my buddy Nick has similar things, you know, like they're just little two to seven minute monologues about your day. And we just, we called it the insignificant moment of the day. And so ironically the funniest part about this this little thing is that he was having the best fucking year of his life. Like he (laughs) was professionally crushing it. Like he's on like all these shows. Uh, he got married, like, just like, just like to the moon. And I'm like calling him and I'm like, I just ate a frozen pizza, like a taco and drank myself to sleep, you know, like just could not be having like (laughs) the most, you know, he's like name dropping actors and his shit. And I was like, well, I cried because I had to pick out an entry rug by myself, you know, like, um, (laughs) just like all this stuff. So, you know, and, and so like having that like kind of little document has been like amazing to like, so cool. to like have that pro- like to, I can go back and listen to myself and, and li- listen to him and how, how great he was at supporting me and like see the progress. Some of them I, I listen to and I'm like, you have no idea what you're doing, buddy. Like you have not figured shit out yet, you know, like, and then like, and then there'll be like times later in the year where it's like, Oh, okay. Like you got a little progress there. So like, so having that snapshot of that, of that year and just the hilariousness of the dichotomy of his year and my year is like (laughs) so funny. Um, but I would say having done that, that, um, that little thing with him, like it really did, it really does allow me to like see progress. It did allow me to see progress that year, which again, is I just think is is super important. Yeah, I think that's great advice to make sure you're recognizing and seeing your own progress. Yeah. it's hard to do. Yeah, and and just give yourself grace. Like, so I ate a frozen pizza and, and one bite. Like, who cares? Right. You know, like I won't do it again tomorrow. But if but, you do, no yeah. one gives a shit. Yeah, like exactly. it's fine, <laughs> yeah. and no one's judging you. We walked in here. I don't know. We were talking about something about judging something, and I said. We don't, we don't judge. Like we've been through enough shit. We've done some dumb ass stuff, probably through our widowhood journey. We don't, I'm not, I always tell people I'm not the maker. I'm not going to judge you. Like that's way too powerful for me to do. Like, Which is a great 
I think it's a great attitude to have on life because like it really, one of the benefits of like a huge trauma like this is like, you really have an ability to let go of small stuff. Yeah. Like, cause oh my gosh. like, especially if you're assuming good intent with other people and people are trying really hard in their lives to like have put out like positive things, like, like a lot of this discussions that, you know, some of the discussions that I hear with like other parents or whatever about like, you know, about, Oh, what will they, what will people think? Or what are they going to say? And it's like, who, who cares? Eat like, a pizza like a taco. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> like no one is living that life. Like, you know, like you're the only one that knows the truth of your house, you know? So like, so I just feel like, I feel like being able to like remove yourself a little bit from that, it lightens you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. When you get rid of that burden of other people and what they're thinking, what they're doing, like, that's just so freeing. Like I'm living this life for me and you know what I'm, I'm doing this and the kids, right. It's not just me, but doing what feels right and good in the moment. Fine. Like that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on the trip. I'm going to buy the concert tickets. I'm going to do this. I'm going to send the kids to this camp, like whatever makes the most sense. Like we're doing it. My kids even know that now, like we do, we have the saying in our house that we just do what we want. Yeah. And we exist that way and we're cool with it. We're not going to conform to anybody's standards or anybody else because it's too short. Like life is way too short to not be happy. Yeah. So I, th I think that I think there is mental freedom in in some in loss mm -hmm. by being able to spot what's actually important. Oh, yeah. So true. It's not even the little things. It's like when something bad happens, it's really not you realize it's not that bad. Yeah, like it, previously, I would have been really upset about something. But now it's like things can be way worse. And so I, I like, for instance, I got a flat, I've had three flat tires this year and you would think like, what the hell? But I'm like, whatever. I really am like, whatever. It just is what it is because I know how way worse it could be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it definitely, you think about things differently mm -hmm. for the better. Get some date night cards for us. Ask Craig. All right, Craig. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> All right, Craig. Allie hates date night cards. These are Richard and Margie. We'll find out if I like them or not, I guess. Okay, this is a good one for you. According to your own priorities, what do you waste the most time on? Ooh, uh, getting ready to go on the... Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I I take a lot of time. I love cooking. Yeah. Like, I... I like I'm not a baker, I'm not a scientist, no. but I like to cook. Okay. So I spend a lot of time in the kitchen and I could probably be like more efficient than I am, but I also use it a little bit to like relax. Like I put yeah. music and have it's your time. and yeah, but it, it shouldn't take as long as it does. <laughs> Al, what? what's yours? I thought I wasn't answering questions. <laughs> well, if it's on a repeat, you can answer it. I can she tell you mine. She only takes hip hop questions. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> only take. <laughs> what is what? the origin of Biggie Smalls? <laughs> With Dr. Dre, um, I just got my middle guy a uh, Biggie T-shirt. Oh, he wore it in Florida and it was great. Like it was so. The awesome. awesome. It's awesome. And he probably has no idea who it is. <laughs> my but kids like, wouldn't know who Biggie is. But like is. someone went by on like a golf cart where yeah. we were and they were playing Biggie and my brother-in-law and they were like, "There you go, That's bro." Biggie. <laughs> He's like, "All right, all right." <laughs> I, I have. It. I used to shield my kids from my music, and now I don't because they're old enough to like hear it. They're going to hear it other places. They hear it on TikTok and YouTube and all the other crap they watch. So we are deep into stand-up comedy right now in my house. Like we I love are, it. and the I am. I mean, I am letting the boys watch some stuff that I'm like, yeah. But I want them to have a good sense of humor. I want them to. Guess what? They've been no. through some. They've been through some worse shit. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, they can hear. They it's can, fine. They can hear an f bomb. It's fine. <laughs> right. All right, last date night card of the night. What's your favorite social media site? I was just talking about this last night. Uh, mine's Instagram. Oh, I'm an Insta girl too. Yep, Insta. It's so easy to just watch people cook things. I like to cook too. My kids don't eat. They're really picky. But like, I love this time of year. I like to garden. And so I love like having different, like fresh foods at my disposal. And I love being able to go downstairs and tell my kids, hey, go grab me some mint. And they know what the mint is now and grab me the basil. And, like they know what is what, mm -hmm. which is so cool. I also love to cook. I'm not a baker either. My mom was a baker. She was very good at it. I'm not, I don't have the patience for it. It's not my thing. It's too much precision. 
Thank you for being on, Craig. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed this it. This is really I nice. This to is meet usually you. a guy free environment. So, I was yeah, you're the first guy in the studio. Chicks only. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you dressed up with <laughs> my t shirt. Like, Get the hell out. You're not hot enough to be in here. Not even close to hot enough. All right, guys. Well, signing off from the Hot Widows Club podcast. If you want to ask Craig any more questions, you can reach out to us at the Hot Widows Club podcast at gmail.com or check us out on any of our socials on Facebook and Instagram, which is our favorite, hint, hint. Uh, also, hey, the Hot Widow Scub podcast has our golf tournament coming up, which we're super excited about, that we're swinging clubs for our studs. Yeah, Did you Craig, see that? do you want to join? Oh, yeah, I can do that. It's a foursome and I, it's a scramble. So it's just yeah. best shot. Okay. Yeah. I can. You can do that. Yeah. Someone's robbing. <laughs> you should check out and see if Lindsay and Jamie want to join. Oh, that'd be fun. And we could have, because uh, oh, we'll just we find would, somebody. We'll just hold up the tournament. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We just need one. Yeah, absolutely. You just need one more on your team. Yeah. We want all of our hot widows to join. But if there's anyone who wants to donate anything or do any whole sponsorships, we'd love to have you as a member of the Hot Widows Club podcast inaugural Fairway to Heaven golf event, swinging clubs for our studs. All right, guys. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. Thanks.